Father, we thank you for your presence today. Lift your two hands to Jesus everywhere you are joining this service, hearing the sound of my voice. I wanted to give God the glory for the great things that he's doing in the midst of his people. We're hearing great things, God moving over cities, over nations, defeating the hold of the pandemic on our behalf. Why don't you bless him? Bless him over your household. Bless him over yourself, over your family, your children, your extended family. Why don't you thank him in advance? Because we know this new week God is moving afresh. Great things are happening. We're hearing good news uh, from far nations and from cities around the world. Go ahead and bless him today and appreciate him. Father, we thank you for all the great things that you are doing. We know you are fighting our battles. You know, we know that you are prevailing over nations, over cities, and over the hand of the evil one. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you today. We bless you. We ask that you take all the glory, all the praise. Take all the glory, take all the praise. In the precious name of Jesus. And Father, as we approach your word this morning, we ask that you breathe upon your word, let it minister grace to every hearer. Let no one be the same again. Let the power of your spirit pervade and permeate the atmospheres in our homes, in our cars, in, in, in offices, wherever people may be right now, uh, be partaking of this service. Let your grace rest upon everyone. In the name of Jesus, through the iPad, through the phone, through the devices, through the TV, as people partake of this service, let your healing power move. Let your wisdom flow. Let confusion give way. Let our soul and our spirit be lifted and let your name be glorified. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Uh, and everyone says amen. amen. Praise God. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to welcome you very specially to this service. I know that God is with you wherever you are right now. Uh, everyone joining this service all around uh, our city here in Lagos, Nigeria, around the cities of Nigeria. Uh, shout out to Elevate Community Church uh, in, in Canada, in uh, Mississauga, and all around the GTA. As we join the service today, I pray that the presence of God uh, rest upon you in the name of Jesus. And all the cities around the world, uh, from continent to continent, where you may be streaming from or watching this later, we pray that the same grace that is available here will rest upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. I hope you have been coping well, uh, whether you're staying at home, uh, under the lockdown in your city, or maybe you still have uh, the opportunity to move around a bit. Whatever the situation may be around you, I want you to know that God is in control and is working everything out for our good. We're living in a time of a lot of uncertainties, and we know that our God is beyond uh, um, any fear of the future or what will happen after now. Uh, we know that God is already moving on our behalf and working everything out for our good. I will continue in the teaching series, Beyond the Ordinary, which has been a teaching series on faith, how we release our faith, how we develop our faith, and how we make our faith to work so that we can gain victory in life. And this particular message today, I'm going to be speaking to the subject of victorious faith. Victorious faith. Victorious faith. Can I challenge you this morning as I start out uh, with this message? In this time where there, there, there's fear in the atmosphere, where there's a, a lot of uncertainties out there, I want to challenge somebody this morning that if Jesus should appear to you right now, like what happened uh, in, in, in the book of Matthew chapter 9, uh, where uh, uh, two blind men approached Jesus in verse 27 of Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, 
crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And they got his attention. And verse 28, and the Bible says, And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus answered uh, and said to them, Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he taught their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them uh, to say, uh, 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 See that no one knows this. But the Bible says but, uh, at, uh, in verse 31, But when they had departed, they were so overjoyed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Now, this is where I'm going. How is the state of your heart? And how is the state of your faith? If Jesus should appear to you right now and say, let it be unto you according to your faith, what will happen? Let it be unto you according to the state of your heart, what will happen? Will you experience a breakdown or a meltdown? Will you instantly be sick or instantly be healed? <laughs> because what happened here was that the moment Jesus said to them, let it be unto you according to your faith, the Bible says they received their healing and they started to see. What is the state of your faith? What is the state of your heart? What is the state of your emotion? Because that's extremely important at this time. It's extremely important at this time that we're sure that our heart, our faith, our emotion are all in the right frame. That if Jesus will appear to me now and say, let it be unto me according to my faith, it means that I'm going to get stronger because I'm believing to be stronger. It means I'm going to get healed because I'm believing to be healed. I believe it can heal me. Because it, life is configured in the spirit in such a way that it happens to us according to our faith. Uh, uh, the message translation of Romans, I mean, sorry, this uh, Matthew chapter 9, where we, we read from, and in, in verse uh, 30 or so, verse 29, where Jesus said, let it be unto you according to your faith, he said, become what you believe. That's what message translation says. It says, become what you believe. Become what you believe. So if you, if you, if Jesus appears to you right now and say, become what you believe. You see, are you believing that COVID-19 is going to kill everyone around you? Or is it that everyone will be okay? Because he says, become what you believe. So I'm challenging everyone this morning that it's time for you to believe the right things. It's time to believe that Jesus is still the healer the soon coming king, the deliverer, that, you know, the, the one who provides even in the midst of chaos. The one who speaks to wind, the wind and the waves and they calm down. That's the Jesus that I know. And that's the Jesus uh, that we know. And that's the one that is telling us that let it be unto us according to our faith. So I'm challenging you this morning to pay attention to your faith. Uh, and for our faith to be victorious, there are certain understandings that we have uh, to have, and that's what I'm discussing in this time that I have with you today. Hebrews 11 uh, from, from, from verse 1. Hebrews 11 from verse 1. Can you, can you put that up from Hebrews 11 uh, from, from verse 1? The Bible says, talking about faith, and I'm doing this just to remind you and to recap some of the things that we have discussed, that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says, For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. 
if you need a good testimony, this is the time. This is the time. This is the time. It's in the midst of all this chaos and the midst of fear that I need a good testimony. I need to come out, you know, uh, with a great testimony. And verse 3 says, by faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things uh, which are visible. And then he went ahead to talk about how people use their faith and gain victory. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Uh, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. And, you know, by the time you get to verse 5, it talks about Enoch. And every verse, this is the hall of fame, of faith, like we say. But if you go back to verse 1, Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says that faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. Substance is an assurance, the tangibility. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are we hoping for this season? We're hoping for healing. We're hoping for peace. We're hoping uh, that we, we, this whole thing will come to an end and we will be better off than where we were before. That's what we're hoping, hoping for. And faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. I want to discuss quickly faith, first and foremost, as a substance and also faith as the evidence. When we talk about substance, it means it is something you can stand on or something that makes you solid. Faith is what makes me solid in the midst of a storm. Faith is what I stand on. It's an assurance. It's a substance. Uh, it is also can be seen as something that I stand against. That's a substance. I stand against fear. I'm taking a stand against doubt. I'm taking a stand against meltdown and breakdown. I'm taking a stand against confusion. When faith is in my heart, it's not only that there's something that I'm standing on, it's also that because I'm standing on some things, I need to stand against some things. I need to stand against some things. Faith doesn't deny practical realities or fact or earthly realities. It only supersedes it. Faith supersedes earthly realities. But it doesn't deny it. So if somebody is down with a symptom right now, whether of COVID-19 or just flu or, or fever or any other thing or an existing condition, faith does not deny the fact of the symptom. Faith does not deny the fact that my marriage may not be in the right place right now, and staying at home right now is amplifying the issues that we're dealing with. Faith does not deny that. Faith does not deny that I may be running low on supply right now. Faith does not deny that. But faith is operated under the, 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 the I mean, with the understanding of the fact that there's a superior reality beyond what I'm going through. Doesn't deny earthly realities, but it supersedes it. So it's, uh, it's a grander reality than what I'm going through. A grander reality than what I'm going through. That's what the scripture speaks to in Romans chapter 8, when you read verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8, from verse 1 and 2, it said, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, from that scripture, Romans 8 and verse 2, it acknowledges the fact that there's the law of sin and death, but also that there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The fact that sin brings death, but when we connect with Christ and his spirit dwells in us, it breaks the hold of condemnation. So I can live free of condemnation. I can be free from the indwelling sin or nature of sin when there's a higher law working. It's a grander reality that Christ has repositioned me beyond the realities of this world that sin breaks people's heart, breaks them down, disconnects them from God, and locks them into a cycle of guilt and condemnation. That when I'm in Christ, there's a higher law that is operating in me. Let me, let me explain it in, a, in, in another way in contemporary terms. Uh, we all know the law of gravity. That anything that goes up, we eventually come down. Because there's a gravitational pull that is working on it, pulling it back to the surface of the earth. But the law of gravity is a fact. But there's another law that is higher than that. That makes it, that, that messes it up. And makes it look like it's no longer in operation. That's the law of aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics makes, it, makes the law of gravity look like it's just, it's just not there. But it's there. The law of gravity states that anything that goes up must surely come down. Whilst the law of aerodynamics states that it is possible that something can go up and remain up there. That's why we can fly uh, the airplane. But something can go up and remain up there. The law of aerodynamics has always been present even before it was understood and used enough to develop the airplane to fly. Because before then, though the law of aerodynamics was in existence, people just thought that anything that goes up will eventually come down. But when you understand, I don't, I, I, I'm an engineer by training, so I understand this a little bit more based on my learning. There are four laws that work within, uh, or four forces that work within the law of aerodynamics. Lift, thrust, drag, and weight. The weight of the object, the drag of the wind, the lift, the force with which you, 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 know, you send it up, and all that. When you maneuver all those forces, that's how the law of aerodynamics works. So for a plane to take off, you know the lift has to be powerful enough to overcome the headwind. For it to go up. So you load enough power, you are maneuvering gravity. What happens is that God, uh, uh, when it starts to work in our lives, works with higher, grander realities than, in fact, the realm of God is the realm of grander reality. What breaks the heart of men on heart? What makes people cry on heart are things that literally in heaven are not things that are important. Are things that they look at and laugh. That's why the scripture says, he that sits at the heavens shall laugh at them. Why do the Edens rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Something that is like a strong thing on heart, in heaven is seen as a vain thing. Because there's a grander reality. And that's the point of view that we must take if we need to walk by faith. It's a substance of things hoped for. It's a grander reality more than what I'm going through right now. I may, somebody may be sick right now, but the person needs to know that Christ already paid the price for your healing. So there's a grander reality 
beyond the symptoms that you feel right now. That's the substance of the things hoped for. Also, the Bible talks about faith being the evidence. The evidence. The evidence. Hebrews 11 verse 1 there. The faith substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. There are things not seen, but we have evidence. When you hear the word evidence, it's a, it's a legal word. In the law court, before you can prove any case, you must have evidence. The burden of proof is on you to, to bring up your evidence. And uh, evidences in the law court, they, they are mostly premised on precedents. What has been written? What has happened before? So they quote law from uh, the point of view of precedents. Or written constitution. What's, what is written in the constitution? The Bible is perhaps the constitution of the universe, if I can put it that way. There are certain things that have been written there, how this world works, and it has worked like that from the creation of man. Also, there are things that have happened before that, that are precedent for us in the Bible. The fact that God came true for Abraham. The fact that Jesus healed the sick. The fact that Jesus spoke to the wind and the wave and they, believed, they, they, they obeyed. These are precedents upon which we have an evidence that our faith should not fail. That we can speak in the same manner and things will happen. These are evidences if you want to go by the way of how it happens in the law court. Also, uh, another evidence that we have is testimonies. You know, in the book of Revelation, the Bible says we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. Talking about how believers live in victorious faith over the devil. The testimonies of the saints. What God made happen for one, it can, it can make happen for many. In fact, what has happened for one is a testimony of the fact that, I mean, is a testimony to the fact that God can make it happen to other people. So when I see the testimony of somebody who overcame cancer, it shows that I can overcome cancer. If I see the testimony of someone who experienced divine provision, testimony of somebody who experienced the favor of God, so that the work of their hand has brought forth bountifully is in the same vein, I can believe. I can use that, that testimony as the evidence also for my own faith. Praise God. I said praise God. So sometimes in a bit to act in faith, we act outside of God's word and fall into presumption and foolishness. So for the rest of the time we have together, I want to quickly deal with you know, victorious faith from the point of view of uh, not operating in foolishness or presumption. Because some people want to operate in faith, but they don't know that what they're operating it in may be foolishness or presumption. We have said that faith is sometimes some things, substance of things or for the evidence of things not seen. Uh, we can put it in this way also that faith is God's word, God's way, and God's wisdom. Yeah. God's word. God's way and God's wisdom. I want to, when I walk in faith, I'm operating in God's way, on God's word, and God's wisdom. God's way, God's word, God's wisdom. In Genesis chapter 12, when you read from verse 1, when God spoke to the father of faith, Abraham, come out of your people, out of your kindred, and go to the place that I will show you. Uh, and he said, and I will bless you. And I will do this and do that. I will, I will make your name great. I will bless you. 
you know, and you shall be a blessing. And verse 3, uh, it says, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the heart shall be blessed. And in verse 4, the Bible says, and Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken. God's word. God's way. The direction that God has chosen and started to act out in God's wisdom. I'm going to get there in a bit what God's wisdom is. And, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. God's way, God's word, so when I, when I take God's way, when I act on God's word, when I engage God's wisdom, then what happens is that I, 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 I'm working in practical faith. Now, let me quickly, let me digress just a little bit. I'll come to foolishness and presumption, but let's look at what God's wisdom is. What God's wisdom is. Because we said God's way, God's word, God's wisdom. Um, James chapter 3, verse 13 and 17, the Bible talks about God's wisdom and the wisdom of this world. James chapter 3, from verse 13. If you are wise, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, if you are wise and understand God's way, so you see there, God, God's ways. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous, there is a selfish ambition in your heart. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Don't forget, I'm trying to elucidate on what God's kind of wisdom is and what human wisdom is. What he said, jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly unspiritual and demonic so there's demonic wisdom there's unspiritual wisdom demonic wisdom says for wherever there's jealousy and self-ambition or self-seeking or something that self -pro promotes self he said it, it can't be god's wisdom he said there you will find disorder and evil of every kind but look at this look at this pay attention to this he says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Always sincere. So we see an understanding here of God's wisdom, God's way, and also we, we are exposed to God's word. Now, on the other hand, foolishness is man's wisdom, man's ways, man's word. So uh, if I'm operating in God's wisdom, I don't want to do things the way of man. It's important for us to note that according to uh, the word of God, man's ways will not always see us true. Proverbs 14 and verse 12. 
It says there's a way that seems right to a man, but it hangs in the way of death. But the way of God is what leads us in the path of destiny. The way of God is what leads us in the path of destiny. First Corinthians chapter 3, when you also read from verse 18, he said, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seem to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, it catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are, all, they are futile. They are futile. So the wisdom of man is nothing when, it com when you compare it with the wisdom of God. And apart from that is that the wisdom of man and the way of man leads to self-aggrandizement, leads to selfish ambition, leads to you know, self-promotion, jealousy, hatred, and just fighting for your own self. That's what the wisdom of this world uh, teaches us uh, to do or to live by. But the wisdom that is from God is selfless. It does not promote itself. It promotes kingdom agenda. It promotes uh, goodwill for all men. It promotes uh, kindness on this earth. It promotes the preservation of our world and is kind to everyone. That kind of wisdom is what we need if we want to walk by faith and not foolishness. So, let me uh, bring this home a little bit. When you talk about faith and foolishness, Foolishness is not just man's ways, man's word, and, and uh, uh, a man's wisdom. It's also when you engage in the word of God without the wisdom of God. That's also partly presumption, but I, I need to, 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 to describe what I'm talking about. When... Someone says, Philippians 4 and verse 19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And you believe that. But the Bible says, the pathway to receiving is giving. The wisdom of this world says, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. The wisdom of, this, of God says, it's like a liberal soul gives freely. But they see that holds on to resources more than necessary and it tends to poverty. But the wisdom of this world says just get all you can, can all you get and sit on the can. So you see where the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of God, where, where, where they, they don't jive. So when you live on the word of God, believe the word of God, don't mix it with the wisdom of this world. When you do that, you're going to the place of presumption. Presumption is the mixture. Is the mixture. God's word, man's ways. Man's wisdom plus God's word. We, we start to get into the place of presumption when we choose to live like that. Uh, mixing things together. I want to encourage everyone this morning that when you choose to walk by faith, be careful not to cross the line into foolishness or cross the line into presumption. Foolishness is when I'm not ready to do the works. I just want to get the benefit. You know, in the book of James, James was talking about it in, uh, in James, James chapter, uh, uh, chapter 2. And I think uh, verse 20, if you can put that up for me. 
James 2 and verse 20 says, But do you, do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Here's a time for you to be called the friend of God. Because your faith is working well, and it's faith and works together. There are works that Abraham did. We're still going to come to that in this series. That all of us need to engage in. Abraham did not just say, God has spoken. In you, all the families of the house shall be blessed. And uh, I will make of you a great nation. And uh, if you cannot count the stars in the, in the sky, then you will not be able to count your children. But when God said, sacrifice Isaac, he did not with, withdraw from doing that. Faith with works. The Bible says he lived by faith, but he demonstrated the works of faith. Many people, uh, in simple terms, for instance, somebody may be praying, Lord, I want to become slimmer. Lord, I want to become more fit. But you, you don't go to the gym, you don't exercise at home, even at this time. You don't, you, I mean, you're just sitting down, day and night, and you said you want to become fit. God wants to answer your prayer, but there's the work that you need to do for your faith not to be messed up and for your faith not to become foolishness. You can't be praying for God to meet all your needs and you don't give to anybody. You don't give to God, you don't give to man. You just get all you can, can all you get, and sit on it. Your faith will be messed up. It will not be victorious. It will not bring result. That's not faith. That is foolishness. Even in this season, that, that we're saying, oh, uh, uh, observe social distance, use hand sanitizer, you know, uh, be safe and all that. You cannot say, I have faith. So I'm just going to show up anyhow. Yeah. I'm just going to show up anyhow. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't do that. There were places, time will not permit me, in the scriptures, where Jesus knew they were after him, and he took another place. Yeah. He took another place. In Matthew chapter 4, uh, there, you also read about Christ, in the, in the sense that when the devil told him, I think in verse 11, he said, if he, 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 you, you can jump from the pinnacle of the temple. Jesus told him flat. We cannot mix this thing together. Matthew chapter 4, when you read from, from, from yeah, uh, from verse 10 or so, but yeah, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. That's when the devil says, um, uh, Bow down and worship. But I'm looking for the one where he says, uh, Jump from the pinnacle of the temple. And the devil quoted scripture in all this to him. He said, uh, God has said he will give his angel charge over you, verse 5, that the devil took him into uh, the holy city, set him on the, the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angel charge over you. That's God's word mixed with man's wisdom, because why does he want to do that? Just for personal aggrandizement. He said, look, I, I have power. Who does that glorify? It announces him as a powerful person, but it takes the glory away from God. And Jesus looked at that and said, Away with you, Satan. I know God has written that. God has said he will protect me, but it does not mean that I should go into the street championing, you know, 
uh, not observing, <laughs> you know, the, the, the kind of distance or not using the, the, all the safety precautions that we should use at this time. Our faith must be balanced. We must draw the line between faith, foolishness, and presumption. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. So don't presume to apply God's word to man's ways or vice versa. Presumption will create a great lock of your faith or misdirect your path and will make a mess of your faith in this season. You know what happened even for the mercy of God in Genesis chapter 12 when you read from verse 10 about Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says, after he settled down in Canaan, there was famine there and he decided to go to Egypt. Now, we're not told whether God spoke to him to go to Egypt. Or let's assume that God directed him to Egypt because there was provision in Egypt. That's God's word, God's direction. But as they were entering Egypt, <laughs> uh, uh, in, in verse 11 there, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when he, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarah, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. You are a babe. You are attractive. You know, these people are going to come after you. So let's use man's wisdom with God's direction. <laughs> let's use man's wisdom. With, so when we get there, you're just going to tell them that you are my sister. You're not my wife. Because I know they're going to come after you. You know. And she also agreed. So they both agreed to use man's wisdom or man's ways with God's direction. If we assume that God directed them to Egypt. Bible says, therefore it happened that when Egyptians... Uh, uh, see you that they will say this is his wife and they will kill me. He did not believe that God who directed him or who ordered his step can preserve him wherever he went. And then uh, they took his wife of Pharaoh. They wanted to tell Pharaoh, don't look any longer. There's, there's a, a, a damsel, a babe that just entered town and this guy said it's his sister so you can have her. And before you know it, the story became a terrible story because God had to strike the household of Pharaoh with a plague before Pharaoh came to terms with the fact that he had done something wrong. And at the end of the day, you see an unrighteous man who has done more right than the man of faith. <laughs> because at the end of the day, Pharaoh said, before God, I didn't, I didn't know. I acted in best judgment in what is right. It was Abraham that needed to repent because he was the one that caused all the confusion, mixing God's direction with man's wisdom. I pray this season that God will help you to stay focused with your faith in the name of Jesus. That the confession of your mouth, the action, and your belief in the word of God will all come into divine alignment in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lastly today, optimism can also be mistaken for faith. Optimism is self-motivation. It has no anchor in any real promise. Faith is anchored on God's unshakable word. Optimism is based on how I can push myself to believe that something will happen. It's motivational. It's based on self. It's based on willpower that something will happen. It's going to go well. But when I say it's going to go well, if it's based on the promise of the scripture, if it's based on the holy written word of God, then that is the substance to my faith. It brings substance to my faith and it makes my faith to be victorious. When your faith is based on optimism, it can fall flat. Because there's somebody who is not willing that your faith will work, and that's the devil. The devil wants, wants to mess you up and wants you to believe that the word of God doesn't work and that God is going to fail you. So when it's optimism, it can attack it 
and bring your faith down. But when you're standing on the Word of God, the Word works all the time. Remember, the Word of God reveals to you, revealed to you, is the anchor of your faith. The Word of God revealed to you is the anchor of your faith. That's why Romans 10 and 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. As you spend time this season, whether you are in isolation or, or whether you are with family at home, please focus on the Word of God. Focus on the Word of God. Let the Word of God work for you this season. Let it be the anchor of your soul. Let, let it uh, uh, be the evidence that you have. Keep saying it. Keep declaring it. Keep meditating on it. And you will see victorious faith in the name of Jesus. And I pray for you today that the hand of God will come upon you. Wherever you, you join this service from, that your faith will be victorious. That grace will be released in your direction. That the peace of God, the peace of God will guard your heart this season. That the hold of the devil is broken over your life. So I decree right now, anyone that is partaking of this service who may be sick, I decree that the hand of God comes upon you for healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Anyone who may be going through any emotional situation, I receive the healing power of God upon you right now. And I decree and declare as we partake of the communion today uh, that heavens open over your life. That the, the grace that comes from Jesus will flow to you. That the atonement in the blood of Jesus will be your experience. Your sins will be taken away. There shall be healing. There shall be mighty deliverances. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Your faith will no longer fail. Wherever the enemy may be taking advantage of you to mess up your faith, we decree that the light that you have received today, the understanding that you have gained today, will start to work for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you will see victory. You will know victory. You will experience victory. And the name of Jesus will be glorified in your life. In the precious name of Jesus. Will you wave your hands to Jesus all over this place? Wave your hands to Jesus, everyone. And just bless him and just thank him. And just begin to declare, my faith is working. My faith is strong. The hand of God is upon my life. The hand of God is upon my life. My faith is victorious. In the name of the Lord Jesus, this one too shall come to pass. And when it's all said and done, I will be in a better place. I will be in a better place. I want you to declare it as you mean it, as you believe it. Let it be unto you according to your faith. Let it be unto you according to the confession of your mouth. My life is getting better. I am making progress. Jesus is working in my life. I'm filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Nothing holds me down emotionally. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I enjoy the hall of joy. The peace of God is with me. I'm free of the spirit of heaviness. I enjoy the garment of praise. In the name of Jesus, come and begin to declare it, declare it over yourself, over your household. It says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. The blood of Jesus is upon you right now. And, and uh, the plague is passing over your household, passing over you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Wave your hands to him and bless him. Wave your hands to him and bless him. Before we partake of the communion today, I love to pray for anyone joining this service who may be saying, PG, I'm far away from God. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Or somebody who may be saying, I said a prayer before, but I backslid into sin. I want to ask God for forgiveness. I want to pray for you right now. And I want to ask that the hand of grace will come upon you, that the Spirit of God will fill you afresh. Can you just say this short prayer after me and then we'll partake of the communion. Wherever you are, 
hearing my voice, being a part of this service. If you want to say this prayer with me, can you put your hand on your heart and say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I receive you today as my Lord and my personal savior. Come into my life, fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning. I declare that my sins are forgiven, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is now operational in my life. I can no longer be held down by guilt and condemnation. I'm free to enjoy God's presence. I'm free to enjoy the effect of the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Father, for your favor upon my life from this moment forward. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. If you just said a prayer with me, I wanted to go into our chat room. Let us know you just made a decision. Slide into our DM, whether you're on Facebook, on Twitter, or whatever platform, Instagram, whatever platform you're watching from. I wanted to do the same on YouTube. Let us know that you just made a decision to follow Jesus or you just dedicated your life to Jesus. We have uh, some ways that we want to be a part of your life, send you some materials, and just keep encouraging you uh, to keep firing on in your faith and to help you grow your faith. And that's why you need to let us know so we can also keep praying for you. And if you have any prayer requests also, please feel free to let us know so that we can play, pray along with you. Right now, I want you to uh, bring closer your family and get the communion uh, materials, whether it's biscuit, bread, whatever you have, water, juice, as we partake of uh, the, 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 the communion table together. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, according to your word, you said this is your body that was broken for us and your blood that was shed for us. You said we should do this in remembrance of you. We remember the finished work. On the cross of Calvary, we remember that you are the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And when you hung on the cross, your body was broken, your blood was shed, that our sins may be remitted, and that every effect of sin, which includes plague, sickness, disease, lack, may be dealt with. For everyone who will partake of this today, these sacraments today, in their homes, in offices, wherever people may be at this time, we ask everlasting Father. Let your grace come upon them. Let there be healings. Let peace return to somebody's heart. Let confusion give way to divine direction. Let hope be rekindled. Let our faith be strengthened. And let your name be glorified. We thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, we pray over all the materials that people are using in their various locations. We ask that you turn them to sacraments that truly provoke the effect of the finished work that you did on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, everlasting Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Please go ahead and partake of the communion. You can serve it to your family and everyone around you right now. Praise God. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, we bless your name. As you partake of the communion, just lift your hand to him and just bless him and begin to declare, begin to declare, begin to declare by faith his word over your family over every situation around you. God, who began a good work in you, he will perfect it, and his name and his name alone will be glorified in your family. Lord, according to your word, we declare today, you said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. I will pass over. So we declare, as we remember your flesh and your blood today, and as we partake of it in our homes and in different places, 
Let evil pass over everyone. Let everyone be supernaturally preserved. Make this week a week of peace, a week of restoration. Let marriages be restored. Let health be restored. Let minds be restored. And let your name be glorified. Thank you, everlasting Father. We give you glory and we give you praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus. As you go into a new week, I want you to look out for the things that God will direct you to do this week. Check on somebody. Place a call to somebody. Uh, uh, be a part of online gatherings that will encourage your faith. I also want to encourage everyone, if you have these books, uh, uh, to dust them again and read through them again. The books that God has moved me to write in time past. And I know some of you have it. If you don't have it, you can also try to order it. Uh, the, 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 this, this, this slide will come on the screen to show you. Uh, moving from fear to faith, uh, I Am Possible, which is a book also on faith, and The Seven Commandments of Foolishness. Those are the three books I'm recommending this time through this series of teachings, and I believe that they will be a tremendous blessing to you. So if you have them, you can put them out. Uh, the Seven Commandments of Foolishness is available in e-copy on Amazon. You can also order that from wherever you are around the world. And for the other ones, if you uh, send us a message, a tech resource, either by email or on Twitter, you will be able to order them. So I wish you all the best as you go into the week. And I pray that the favor of God will continue to rest upon you. Uh, for further announcement and the closing of the service, please let's receive uh, Pastor Emmanuel Olajiton, resident pastor of our Greater Lake